This is Vanderbilt Business, and I'm Kara Shear. The Vanderbilt Business Executive MBA program offers two tracks, Executive Edge and Global Immersion. Students in the Global Immersion track spend their second year learning alongside an international cohort of approximately 60 working professionals from four prestigious business schools, including Vanderbilt Business. Global Immersion students participate in four international residencies that last for nine days each, starting in Canada at the Beatty School of Business at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, British Columbia. Marketing Director Amy Katz sat down with Executive MBA student Megan Flynn after the Vancouver residency to get her initial thoughts. They discussed working on international teams, the importance of immersive experiences during business school, and more. Just tell us your name and your current role and what you're responsible for. Perfect. So my name is Megan Flynn, and I currently work for AT&T and have worked for AT&T for the past six years. My most recent role that I took in March is I am the program execution manager for all of our retail locations for the central region of the company. So that's from Michigan down to Texas. And I'm responsible for trying new programs and trying to enhance our employee and customer experience. But when I first started with the program with Vanderbilt, I actually lived in Chattanooga since then I moved to Nashville and now Dallas. So held a couple of different roles, definitely didn't listen to the advice of stay in one place, don't move, don't take on a different job. But sometimes when opportunities come knocking, you you have to say yes. And so I guess this is what I would say is if that opportunity comes up, don't shy away from it just because I know it is a bit to balance, but it was, the moves were definitely worth it. Wonderful. Wow, I didn't realize in 18 months you've had three different addresses. That's incredible. All yeah. right. Well, how, how definitely are you been like, a whirlwind. How are you liking Dallas so far? I am liking Dallas. It is very hot. I'm originally from Chicago, so my time in Tennessee helped prepare me for the transition down to the true, true southern heat, but I am enjoying it. Um, it Dallas is AT&T corporate headquarters. So it's been a great experience being able to be in the office, kind of getting the background on how the different organizations work with one another. Because when you're out working in the retail locations and supporting retail, you only get one perspective. So it's been nice to get more of an overall strategy view of the company. That's terrific. So let's talk a little bit about the global track of the Executive MBA program that you are currently doing. So this is year two for you. So tell me why you decided to pursue the global immersion track of the MBA program at Vanderbilt. So when I first did one of the, just the meet and greets to better understand Vanderbilt in general, I was trying to determine what I wanted to do for my continuous education. At that point, I didn't even know that this global immersion track was an option. And it was after that first conversation that it really sparked my interest. I might have been one of the first people who actually applied for this program from the get-go. And something that really made me excited is the fact that AT&T is such a global company. And uh, it was my intention to stay with the company both during the program and after the program. And to be given more of a safe place, I guess, to learn those different business practices with interacting with individuals outside of just the United States was something that really piqued my interest. Plus, I studied abroad in London during my undergrad, and I caught the travel bug. And any opportunity that I have to experience new cultures, new cities, has been something that has really gotten me excited. So hearing that I can kind of double down with both furthering my education and on top of that, 
the learnings that you get just from interacting with different people in different cities and different cultures really, really made me excited for this program. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're able to kind of act on um, the, the travel bug. That's great. So we know you just came back um, from your first residency in Vancouver at Simon Fraser University. You met with your new cross-cultural team, which is a different team than the team you were with in your first year, which was the program that was every other Saturday at Vanderbilt. So talk a little bit about your new team. So it was great, first and foremost, to finally get to meet them face-to-face. It's one thing to just meet remotely for the first time, but in Vancouver, it was the first time that we actually got to interact with one another. So what makes this group so I guess exciting and sometimes entertaining is that we are built up of individuals from the four different schools. So my team is comprised of two individuals from Brazil, two individuals from Canada, one of which is who is actually from India originally. So that adds a whole nother dynamic to it because he brings in his own background and culture. One individual from Mexico and myself. And so the first time we met, like I said, it was remote. It was via video conference. It was very brief, somewhat awkward because you were just trying to get basic backgrounds of one another. But being able to meet face-to-face, feeling each other out, understanding what our goals were, why we, why we each did this program helped us create a baseline for what we wanted to get out of the program. So what were some of the biggest surprises, maybe, um, of how this cross-cultural team differed from your um, original C team at Vanderbilt? So one of the biggest differences that's been very eye-opening is, first and foremost, in at Vanderbilt, you're all in the same time zone. So finding time to meet with one another made it a lot easier when we were all based out of more or less the Nashville time zone. So when we try to create our team meetings, which we have once a week, We have individuals who are Pacific time zone based in Canada, Uh, myself and the individual from Mexico, we have central time zone, and then we have the individuals in Brazil that can range from two to four hour difference based on the time of the year. So just the mere fact of finding a time that is cohesive with each of our working schedules, our personal life schedules, and our school schedules, that was our biggest thing to first overcome is we wanted to nail that down before we walked away from Canada to make sure that we really had a schedule where we were setting up time that we would meet on a frequent basis so we could continue to build on what we did in Canada. One of the biggest things, and I know it probably sounds cheesy, is that we created this team charter. And it was a big ask of all the teams, but we took it very seriously. And the charter is comprised of anything that you want it to be, but primarily it's what are your expectations of one another? What are your expectations of the group? What do we hope to achieve? What our strengths are? How do we hold each other accountable? And it gave us basically the rule book on how to be successful throughout this. It's very easy to have those candid conversations when you're face-to-face, but when you're in four different parts of the world and you're only meeting on on video once a week and interacting via text messaging groups or whatever format that you have, having that basis to go off of really helped us to move what I feel like is very quickly in comparison to what I expected, knowing that we all have very different backgrounds. We also definitely have some language barriers. It's not as much as I would have expected from these individuals from Brazil and Mexico, knowing that English is not their first language. I am beyond impressed with their ability to not only learn new content, but also translate it all at the same time. 
So I can't give them any more kudos for not only getting their MBA, but doing it in a language that's definitely not their initial language. And that's something that I was just so, so, so impressed with that whenever I feel like I'm getting stressed out or I'm struggling, I just think about my teammates thinking, you know, they're doing double the work because they're learning all this information and then doing it in a new, a new language and communicating back with us. So I think those were the big, big takeaways from first meeting one another. It's, I was really just impressed with everyone on my team, all of our various backgrounds and excited to learn from one another because we do just come from very different roles and responsibilities in our company and different cultures. Wow, that's that's terrific perspective, and I can only imagine um, the logistical coordination of getting a meeting with people in six different time zones. Yeah, I like to go to bed early, but I push bedtime back a little bit because for the when I go to bed is typically when the individuals from Canada are getting off of work, so that won't work. But it's definitely we definitely made it work. That's great. Well, great job to y'all. So let's talk a little bit about the, the two courses that you took in Vancouver. So you took cross-cultural management and global strategy. Unlike other programs um, that bring a professor from the home school, you were learning from professors at Simon Fraser. So what was it like to learn from local experts? Yeah, so first and foremost, I think those were the two perfect classes to start off with. Cross-cultural management really helped us better understand different cultures before we were put in a scenario where we needed to start working together. And the strategy class allowed us the first opportunity to work together as a team to solve our first problem. I definitely think that they strategically placed those classes that made our introduction into this global immersion track a little more seamless and get our toes wet before we really had a deep dive into our capstone. But prior to this, we were kind of given a heads up that as many may guess, the American and Canadian culture are probably the most similar in comparison to all four cultures and countries. And so in my opinion, it was very similar structure to what we experienced at Vanderbilt. You had individuals who were teaching us who were very well respected in their fields. And so it was great to hear from their personal stories of what they experienced in a real life scenario and how they took what they were teaching us and applied it to their everyday life and within their career. So I felt like that was very similar to what we did at Vanderbilt. We had great professors at Vanderbilt who had a lot of hands-on experience, which I think is what drives a lot of us to pursue this MBA program to learn from the experts, and I felt that was still true when we went to Canada. And as well as something that was interesting is people just expect professors to be different in different countries. So for us, it was very comfortable that they asked for participation. Um, they really wanted engagement from myself as well as my classmates. So I'm sure it's going to be very different when we head off to Brazil next, next month. But with the first residency, I felt very comfortable as though it could have been in Vanderbilt. These professors could have been Vanderbilt professors. So it was great to know that we're still getting the same great education just from professors who are based out of different universities. That's great. So let's talk about one of the central kind of hallmark elements of the program, and that is the Capstone Strategy Project. Tell me a little bit about your project. Have, have you all gotten a project yet? Have you all made any progress on it? We have. Towards the beginning of our time at Vancouver, it was a much-anticipated reveal of what our capital project is going to be, even what country are, is it going to be based out of what the company is. So we got the project, and our company is a company called Atma. 
It is considered through the program as a Mexican company. However, it is based in Houston, Texas. So what was great for me is I plan on actually visiting their headquarters in Houston because it's a couple hours down the road. But the primary leaders of the company, their background, they're from Mexico. And so what this company is, at first glance, we looked at it and we read through it. They give you a scoping document that gives you the background of the company. So at least you're going into your first meeting with them being semi-educated so you can formulate some questions to ask them during your first meeting. But we read the scoping document and at first glance, it makes you feel as though it's a real estate company. And as you dig deeper and you peel back the onion, you realize it's more of an investment company. The real estate is a vehicle in which it allows people to invest their money. Up until this point, they were partnering a lot with individuals in Mexico as well as the United States, but they were the more well-off investors. And I already learned a brand new word, which is dollarization. And so individuals in both Mexico and Latin America, they look for a way to invest their money in the dollar because it is much more stable than their home currency. But unfortunately, up until this point, if you are an individual who, you know, you have a medium income, maybe you are a little bit better off, but you're not one of those major earners, there's no way at this moment for you to dollarize your money because there's just no platforms there. Something that this company really wants to allow is a way for those individuals to invest in their real estate portfolio. So it's a win-win for both the company as well as the investors. And they're looking to do this through crowdfunding. And obviously, as we've seen in America, fintech is something that's definitely up and on the rise. And it's the same thing is happening in Mexico as well as other Latin American companies. And so their ask of us is to help them create a way to bring this idea to life. They want to use their own internal service. They don't want to use an, a third party to help with the crowdfunding. So when you first think about it, it's a great idea and you step back and you realize, okay, now we need to figure out how we're going to bring this to life. We have to figure out how to market it. What are the legalities between investing across borders? What is the platform that we're going to use? Who are the individuals that we're going to really reach out to? Is there a specific demographic? Is there a specific country? So really exciting, something that I've never worked on before. Like I said, I've been with AT&T for six years, and I'm just incredibly excited for the fact that I'm going to learn all these different industries and actually be able to make a imp real impact to a real company. Up until this point, we read a lot of case studies. It's great to think about the what if scenarios, but something that we're actually working on together as a group can actually come to fruition at the end of this full year. Well, that's fascinating. I can't wait till your final presentation. So you'll do the final presentation to the team in Houston. Will that be a live presentation or virtual or is that still to be determined? So ideally, it's going to be live, and it really just depends on where people are. Apparently, previous years, regardless of where they're located, whether they be Brazil, Canada, America, or Mexico, a lot of times they fly to Mexico so that you can give the presentation live. Okay. But as we know, in this day and age, the world's getting pretty small, so a lot of things are happening remotely. So regardless of in-person or via telepresence or video communication, it's going to take place around February. Okay, great. Sounds like a great project. Can't wait to hear more about that. So let's talk a little bit more uh, about Vancouver. What, what was your favorite activity in Vancouver? So the team from Vancouver did a phenomenal job really planning out a lot of great things for us so that we felt as though, yes, we were spending a lot of time in the classroom, 
but we also didn't fly home feeling as though we never saw the city of Vancouver. And my favorite activity that we did actually took place on the first night. They brought us to a restaurant that was a revolving restaurant called Top of Vancouver. And why I loved it so much is it was a, a quieter place where we could get to know one another. While at the same time, if you're rotating over the entire city, you got to take in all of the landscape, all of the water and the mountains and things you might not see wherever you live on the very first night. So you could kind of determine where do I want to go from here. And something else that I really liked about the dinner was the fact that, as I said before, up until that point, we really hadn't communicated with our team. So my specific team, we chose to sit together at dinner. It was a really informal way for us to get to know one another. We got past the, what do you do for work? Where do you live? Um, this, that, and the other, and really just had an open conversation like you would have with your friends at a restaurant. And I thought that opened up the communication and allowed us to ease into working together. It was a pretty intense 10 days that we were in Vancouver. So having that first night to relax and just have fun, I thought that was a great first impression and a great way to get to know one another. That's awesome. Sounds like some really good team bonding there to kick it off. So let's talk a little bit about your employer. Um, so we all know that asking for time off work can be a dicey uh, request, though doing this program in pursuit of you know Im improving yourself and making a bigger and better contribution to your company seems like a pretty valid reason. What does your employer think of these four residencies in the second year of the program? And Talk a little bit about how you managed that request and, and how you'll manage your time away from work here in the second year. That is a really good question because even if it was just for regular PTO, it is sometimes difficult to ask for that time off because we know that things in the business world just move so rapidly. And lucky for me, I actually got to make this request twice because, like I said before, I made a couple of moves throughout the program. So I first spoke to my supervisor when I applied for the program. Obviously, you want their buy-in. I'm investing in myself. I'm going to make myself better for you and the company. And so they were definitely bought in, understanding that this is going to make me such a better employee to the company, especially because, like I said, AT&T is so global that we do have an opportunity, maybe more so than some other companies, to work with individuals across different countries. Since I did move to uh, Dallas during that interview process and the, the conversation on whether or not I was going to take on the role, I made it very clear that this was really a non-negotiable. I had already invested my time, and I told them the benefits, which is the same thing as my, as my supervisor previously in Nashville knew, that it's just going to make me a better asset to the company. And both of my supervisors in both locations were very, very supportive of it because they know that ultimately – it's just going to make me make me a better worker and give me better insight to help propel the company and whatever we need to do. As for the more standard, what do you do to prepare for this to make sure that when you're gone, you don't leave your team hanging? I definitely did some very structured setup to make sure that I was ready to head out. One thing is leading up to it, I made it very clear to both my peers, my supervisor, and those that I support that I'm going to be out of the country and I'm going to be in class. And I think that this is crucial because I wanted them to understand that I'm not going to be able to multitask. I'm not going to be able to answer emails here and there. And I think that's something that you owe yourself. You're investing a lot of your time into this program. 
And so to set those boundaries ahead of time really allowed me to completely immerse myself in the experience in Vancouver because I wasn't rushing home to answer a couple of emails or spending my lunch answering the emails. I said that this entire time at Vancouver is dedicated to my personal growth, my personal education. And because I set those expectations up front, it made it a lot smoother coming back because there weren't anything that there wasn't anything that people were waiting on me. I had clear backups set up so that they could handle things while I was gone. That being said, before going out, obviously uh, most people, as you and your coworkers, take turns being one another's backups, whether you're on vacation or out of the office for any given reason. And what I did is I set clear communication on what calls I had, what action items needed to be completed while I was gone. I set up a meeting before I went on the residency. And even before I left, I set up a meeting for when I returned from the residency. So we already knew when are we going to recap what I missed while I was out. And that gave my supervisor a lot of confidence in the fact that, yes, I'm going to be gone and I'm not going to be able to be reached, but I already have a plan on how to get back in the game and get caught up on anything that I missed. And one piece of advice that I will give is on that Monday that you come back to work, if you're coming right back from the residency and not taking any additional time off, is just let your supervisor know that you do need that full day to catch up. You were gone for a long time. You are going to be tired. You're going to be ready to take a break, but you're just jumping right back into it. And so by letting him know that I needed that Monday, I was ready to go and pick up all my projects on Tuesday. I felt fully caught up, and so it relieved a lot of the stress of what would have happened if I wasn't as prepared going into the residency. Wow, that's awesome. It seems like you put a lot of thought into preparing everyone that you work with for this this week away. And so last question, really, here in our last few minutes together, do you think that this program, um, the Executive MBA program in general and the Global Immersion Track in particular, will make you better prepared to take on some cross-border assignments and, and lead these multi, you know, multicultural teams? I definitely do. We've only been back for, I think, a little less than a month, and I've already learned so much. So much on, one, how to communicate in a virtual world when you're not face-to-face. That creates its own complications. How to understand how what people are trying to say, even if English isn't their, second, or their first language. And you're going to come across that all the time as We may be saying the same thing, but understanding each other differently. That's happened a lot so far in our our meetings. And being able to take a step back and understand that and realize we're all trying to come to the the same solution and coming up with an idea that we're all excited about, I think that alone has helped me understand how to understand people, how to communicate with people. And at the end of the day, no matter what business unit you're in, no matter what company you work for, it's all about how you communicate with people and get your point across and hear their point and come to a common understanding. And I feel like I have learned so much by interacting with people from different cultures and understanding what they're trying to get out of it. At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want to be successful. Just having that time to learn from one another makes everybody realize you know, we all are here for the same reason. I think everybody should do this because it just makes you feel more comfortable if you're going into that situation. Going to different countries can be scary. Working with people who are different than you can be very scary. 
but learning to do it in a safe environment, which is what this program allows you to do, just sets you up for success and makes you feel more comfortable doing it in a real world situation. And if people want to continue to grow in their careers, working across borders, going to different countries is going to be an expectation. So why not do it now and have fun along the way by going to these different countries? Well, that is a terrific endorsement for the program. It sounds like you are well on your way to learning a lot, and I can't wait to hear what you think of the next residency. You're only one one in, a quarter of the way through, so I can't wait to hear what you think after you've done all four of them. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time and sharing your thoughts. This has really been a great way to better understand the program and, and get a bit of insight about what it's like to actually be there, you know, boots on the ground and experience some of the really compelling and differentiated dynamics of this program. So really appreciate your time today. Thanks to Megan and Amy again for their time this week. And thank you for listening. You can find more stories and information about Owens Graduate School of Management by visiting our website, business.vanderbilt.edu, or following at Vanderbilt Owen on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Music is provided by Mike Foster, and I'm Kara Shearer.